This is episode 14 with Dennis Bone. Welcome to the Appitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. What's up, everybody? Happy June. It's been a while since uh, you guys have heard from me, and I apologize about that. Things with my day job of getting really kind of crazy with work and all, and kind of really had time to sit down and do do a podcast. But uh, I had an interview today that I was I really wanted to share with everyone, so I got it done real fast. Uh, my interview today was with Dennis Bone. He's a uh, he runs the entrepreneurial school essentially at the Montclair State University, which happens to be really close to my house, which is awesome. But uh, this is the first year that they've done this program. Dennis originally came over from Verizon to run this program. And they run like a, a, a three-class intensive program for college students to learn about entrepreneurship. Everything from coming up with the idea and then making it happen. They get seed money. They pitch in front of people. It's an amazing, amazing uh, program. And I really feel like it's changing the way kids are growing up in the entrepreneurial world. You'll hear me and Dennis talk about this where when I was in college, like the best entrepreneurial class was like marketing 101, you know, or, or management 101, where we learned how to be in marketing or we learned how to be a manager uh, and not necessarily an entrepreneur, which is really the world that we live in now. And, after, you know, post-recession and post-housing crisis and all these things, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And, and uh, you know, they everyone sees these success stories that are out there like Zuckerberg or or Musk, or the guys from Google, or the guys who did the Pebble Watch, or anyone who makes money on Kickstarter, like all these things, allowing people to realize that this is the world of the entrepreneur. Now it's gotten such to the you know to such a point where they're teaching that in college, which I think is amazing. So uh, it's a pretty quick interview with Dennis Bone. You guys get to hear all about what the program is that they're doing over at Montclair State. So check this out. Okay, what's up, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day. I'm super excited about today's interview. I'm here with Dennis Bone, director of the Feliciano Center for Entrepreneurship over at Montclair State University, um, a college not that far from where I live and where I park every day. So it's nice to meet. Uh, Dennis, how are you today? Hey, Justin. Doing great. Thank you very much. Thanks for thanks for being here. Um, so as uh, you listeners are paying attention, as you should, a couple episodes ago, we had David Postalski, uh, the lawyer who was on, talking about copyright. Uh, David actually introduced Dennis and I virtually, um, and here we are. And Dennis runs this very big entrepreneurship class or program over at, at Montclair State. And I really wanted to talk to you today, Dennis, about that and what, what, the, what the younger kids are learning about entrepreneurship. Great. It's a, it's a great topic. And um, so I've learned a lot myself from uh, watching and working with the kids. And, uh, you know, people like David, who you mentioned, uh, you know, come into our classroom, they put on workshops and, and David's workshop was awesome. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, so this, the students just literally are like sponges. They're trying to learn everything they can about how to get their ideas uh, to market and to get them validated. And that's great. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when, even when I was in college, that like this kind of class never would have existed. And it was even, even, I mean, I was only in college like 14 years ago or so. Even then it was get a job at one of these big corporations. And now 
the schools have learned like entrepreneurship and starting your own business is the way to go. Yeah, it's, you know, it's what's happening in the economy. Um, I couldn't agree more. Just a few years ago, this was uh, not the norm. But now, you know, if you asked our students, and I think students everywhere, how many of you want to start a business now or, or think you will start a business sometime in your career? You know, literally, most of this, the hands in the classroom will, will go up uh, because I think they kind of understand this do-it-yourself economy that's evolving, and, uh, and they won't be, be a part of that. I like that, the do-it-yourself economy. Yep. I might need to write a new book and, and make that the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how much of this do you think is being influenced by the change in technology that's out there? Like, you know, everybody knows about Zuckerberg and everybody knows about Jobs and everybody knows about Sergey and Google and, and all these these big players that have changed the way... Um, I, at least in the tech world, I'm sure there's plenty that are not in the tech world. I just happen to be in the tech world, but the, these these players who have changed the game, and it became so it was so out there. I think um, you know, literally, I think technology is the foundation that uh, all of these um, you know economy changes and behavioral changes and the way people look at the world. You know, the uh, technology, if you th just think about the Internet just for a second, you know, it's gone through several phases. It was, first phase was building, you know, the Internet. Second phase was all of the apps and, and all the um, smart things that the, inter uh, that the Internet was helping to do. You know, it seems like now it's like uh, the Internet of Things where, you know, in every piece of our life, you know, we can introduce technology and we can inter introduce some way to, to improve life through uh, the use of technology, you know, whether you're in healthcare or education or, or whatever field you're in. And so, you know, so I think at bottom, um, you know, these students see that, you know, they just eat up all of these apps and then they come up with all of these different ideas like, wow, you know, what if we did, you know, created something that would uh, help uh, you know our workout, or 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 uh, you know increase our, our uh, uh, you know our ability, or help us get a, a job better. You know, let's come up with some online interview technique or something like that. So the the thoughts and ideas are just flying through their head, and and at bottom, it's all technology enabled. But I think the other thing, Justin, and as you said, you mentioned some of the pioneers. Uh, you know, who have uh, really created magic uh, in the economy and on the internet and through, um, you know, new uh, products and services. You know, they see folks, uh, you know, like Sergey and Eric Schmidt and Zuckerberg, and they say, well, I want to be like that too. And so I think that's another part of it. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that if you're an entrepreneur, there's always someone to be looking up to. I mean, I want to be Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> Because the guy's a genius, um, but in reality, I just want—I want to be Tony. I want to be Iron Man, and Elon Musk is the most real, <laughs> like real version of that anywhere. Um, so yeah, so you know, so technology is enabling all of these terrific things to take place, and at the same time, you know, there are mentors or people that they look up to, who they see have you know made a lot of money, have a lot of fame and notoriety, and 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 that's the direction and the path that many of these students are charting. Right, so when when one of your students say, I want to be the next Justin Escar, you call me, I will take them out for a steak dinner and just party <laughs> with them whenever they want. Um, a deal. Okay, good. So 
so are the are the way your students are learning like what how does the how does the class roll out like how's that whole process for them well, I mean, our core program is um, is a nine credit, uh, and when you put those nine credits together, that's that's three three uh, credit co- uh, courses. It, it is uh, an authentic, real, genuine entrepreneurial experience that they live through. So they don't come to class to go to lectures. You know, we create these diverse teams. You know, we put the physics major with the uh, biology major, with the uh, music major, with the psychology major. We create these diverse teams. They come up with their problems to solve or ideas to pursue. They're very creative. uh, And and one of the reasons is because they come through these different backgrounds. we help them uh, by bringing in uh, literally every single week an entrepreneur into the classroom to help them develop a mindset. Then we take them through a deep dive uh, using Lean Launchpad approach to, you know, how you validate your idea, how do you, um, uh, you know, uh, take it to the marketplace, how do you start to get customers, how do you pivot, uh, you know, when you fail, what do you do, how do you learn from failure. And... Um, and toward the end of that, we then it all turns to the pitch. You know, we bring in professional pitch coaches. Uh, we help them build confidence. Uh, you know, and they go f- really to amazing speakers and performers. Um, you know, in front of a crowd. So it's kind of a an end to end. It's an authentic experience uh, uh, as an entrepreneur. And at the end of the day, they come out knowing because they've lived it. They come out knowing far better what it will take to get their idea launched and validated and um, and to become successful. Have you had any students become successful right out of the gate? Well, our first cohort of students, the program here is pretty new. Uh, so our first cohort of students who came through this, uh, this core program uh, just pitched uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So it's brand new. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we we launched this uh, last year in 2013, uh, and uh, it was it was pretty neat, uh, Justin, because uh, you know the winning team, uh, they were pitching for a ten thousand dollar cash contribution that just goes to the team to divide between the team members to spend any way they want. So every team felt they could win this. And, uh, you know, so they worked really, really, really hard. And again, that kind of experience you normally just can't get in a normal classroom. Yeah, absolutely. You know, th- this is a group of students who are meeting nights and weekends and pulling all-nighters, you know, to perfect their, uh, their pitch and to continue to validate their business model. It's almost like they're, they're in their own little, like, incubator within the college <laughs> framework, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. And, you know, when you say incubator, that's another part of our program is to, you know, any of these teams who go through this who want to still to be kind of nurtured and have a place to work and and, and to uh, keep doing their thing, you know, so we we will, we're creating an incubator for them. Oh, really? All right, I'm going to have to talk to you about that offline. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A friend of mine in Austin and I have been talking about that ever since that. Have you been watching that show Silicon Valley that just came out on HBO? I have not. Oh, it's about an incubator and about these like these characters that are your t- atypical like computer nerds who like come up with this brilliant plan. And I don't want to ruin last week's episode because it just aired, but like they, as you were telling me about the pitch and and the kids winning, I was thinking about that episode because they they were in a TechCrunch dis- uh, disrupt and it was very similar. Yeah, no, I'll have to start watching that. But isn't that something that you know we have? 
that kind of an environment as part of uh, you know TV. So it shows how this is hitting uh, become part of the the normal uh, society here. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a very interesting that like um, for so many years, like I said, like when I was in college, for so many years it was you know, you graduate and you get a job at one of these big companies. And not that I'm going to put down any companies, but I know that you used to be the president of Verizon for New Jersey or something like that, right? Yeah, um, that's right. So, like, you would get a job at, like, a Verizon or GE or whatever, and and people that, like, wanted to go do their own thing were, the, were not the norm. And now people who want to do their own thing kind of is becoming the norm. And, like, we've ramped up to this entrepreneurial mentality so fast. Well, and you know, again, and the students see it. If you, if you know, if you put yourself uh, in the shoes of a twenty-two-year-old, uh, so th- they know how powerful technology is. It's ingrained in them, and they use it every day, and 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 so it's part of their life. And and all this creativity and innovation is all part of their life. They went through the recession. They saw maybe their parents or aunts or uncles or good friends lose their jobs. They see how all of these companies are being disrupted. You know, there's no company that's safe from disruption. Uh, and they may not use those words, but they just understand that the uh, work environment they're going into is different. So it is completely different than the one I entered in, you know, several decades ago. Right. Right. They might, you were saying they might, they might not know the words. They don't, they might not understand that what they're doing is the disruption factor and we like to say disrupt a lot in the at least in the in the tech world because there's always something to throw off the balance of of power and and change how the the product works um but they might not understand that but that essentially that's what they're doing right yep yep yeah exactly i think that's well said i think that's exactly right they may not understand it but it's kind of in their their dna right so are some of the products that the kids are coming up with, are these like, are these mostly apps? Are these new programs? Are they new technologies? Are they new actual physical um, things to work with? Like what is the majority of them coming out? Well, it's, it's uh, interesting because uh, they're all over the place. Uh, actually, the team that won, their name was Sport Your Soul, S-O-L-E, as in the sole of your high heel shoe. Okay. Uh, and they come up with this idea to put, uh, uh, you know, sporting emblems to put those on that uh, uh, that instep uh, of of these high heel shoes. I don't know, if, you know, there's this whole trend about how, uh, you know, high heel shoes. You know, they're starting to come out with different colors on in that area, uh, like the Louis Vuitton, you know, eight or nine hundred or thousand dollar shoes are, are red there. Right. Uh, but they came up with this idea, and they validated it incredibly well. They had, a, you know, all sorts of sales. So, you know, so like in the sorority formers, formals, they would, uh, you know, come up with sorority uh, stickers, uh, you know, and, and sell to uh, the students. And um, so that was the winner. Wow, that's not even, that's not tech-based at all. That's it's not just... tech-based at all, but, you know, the judges, and we had three uh, TV celebrities as judges, but the judges looked at that, and they had validated and had more sales and and more uh, stickiness in the marketplace than the um, than the other teams. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So uh, I wouldn't know much about high heels because I haven't worn them, um, <laughs> and I will not let my wife buy thousand dollar high heels since we've got <laughs> married. So 
we so that to... so you can take the the thirty dollar pair of high heels and put on this red. Uh, it's it's it, I say sticker, but it's it really covers that entire uh, insole of the shoe, uh, not the bottom where you work, but that uh, the the piece that you can see. Right. And so for five dollars, you could turn your your shoes to look like Louis Vuitton shoes. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I could see I could see how that'd be a big seller for some people. Yep. Um, so, like the 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 three courses, right? You said uh, um, yep. that's a span of what, like a year? That's a year or, or one semester. That's that's a year. That's uh, one semester is three credits, and then the second semester is uh, six credits. Okay. And do you see like is there a particular type of student that's coming to this class? Is it anyone can come to this class? Because I know when I went to college, like this would sound like it would be a business class, and like only business majors would be able to take business classes. No, we structured it to not be one school. Now, um, you know, probably the most creative kids at Montclair come from the College of the Arts. It's that's all the theater, drama, music, uh, screenwriting, um, digital media, uh, design students are in there. They're all just such a creative lot. Right. Uh, but like I said, that we and so the students come from all over campus. And so, so just take for example psychology major, um, and that's the largest major on campus. So you think about it. You're a psychology major, and you say, okay, what am I going to do when I graduate with a psychology degree? Yes, it's it's my passion. I love to work with people. I want to become you know a social worker. I want to you know work in a not for profit, whatever whatever that is 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 uh, is motivating that individual. But now comes along and says, hey, I can get an entrepreneurship minor or a certificate in entrepreneurship to go along with my uh, psychology major. And that's really attractive to those students or those art students where they can, uh, you know, also get the entrepreneurial experience. Because pretty much all of those art students want to um, be in business for themselves at some point. Right. And I guarantee, like, if I if this was available when I was, when I was a student, I can tell my... Like if I wasn't a business major, and I, I know people that were like English majors or whatever, and like their parents would get like mad at them, like what do you do with an English degree other than be a teacher? Right. Like now you have you could like you have that backbone or that other what my what my grandmother would say a notch in your belt, um, that you have this entrepreneurial degree to be able to do something with it. Yeah, and and we know that uh, having lived an authentic entrepreneurial experience in college is um, is a positive thing when you go for your job interviews or you you know, try to find your way in the world. Right. So how did this, how did this class get started? Well, I mean, basically, um, uh, the university got a, a pretty large grant from the Feliciano family to start a center for entrepreneurship. Uh, they hired me uh, a little over a year ago to come in and set it up. And, and you know, and Justin, what I did is I looked around at all the uh, best programs for entrepreneurship across the country. And I looked at, uh, you know, Montclair as, as an institution. You know, we, we don't have an engineering school here, so, you know, we weren't going to be an MIT or a Stanford. Uh, but we have all these other uh, wonderful colleges full of creative, bright, uh, entrepreneurial students. So, you know, so we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You know, it's going to be fully authentic. It's, it's not going to be classroom teaching. You know, we're going to bring in entrepreneurs. We're going to do workshops. Um, you know, for all the key areas, and um, and then we're going to have a pitch and, and let the students and you know uh, go for it. 
And um, so it's worked out really well so far. So would you say that you use your entrepreneurial spirit to design the entrepreneurial class? <laughs> I would say I was, uh, I mean, a lot of people say, well, Dennis, what do you know about entrepreneurship? You worked at Verizon for 34 years. Uh, and I would say, you know what? At Verizon, we had to reinvent ourselves many, many times. We went from a voice company to a voice and data company to a voice data video company to a wireless company. And, you know, so we pivoted many times over the years. Uh, I don't want to say that I'm an entrepreneur, but I, I certainly understand the value of uh, validating your business model and coming up with something that uh, customers uh, will buy and will value. And, you know, and also the stickiness of that, how to, you know, have them keep coming back to you, um, you know, which at bottom is, is what entrepreneurs try to do to take their idea and, and, and have it be a success in the marketplace. Right. And that's a lot of what uh, I know you haven't you've listened to the podcast and I just sent you the book, but a lot of what the book is about, which is taking any idea and, and, and making it a reality, bringing it to fruition, creating yeah. it and bringing it into the, the marketplace. Um, so the the. In your classes, are you guys teaching like how these students, for let's say the technology students, for example, the ones that want to come up with an app, are you guys teaching them that they need to go hire a programmer or the, or an outsource, or are they teach? Are you guys teaching them things like go learn how to code yourself, or how does that fall into play for them? Well, what we teach them is well, first of all, we give every team seed capital, so uh, every team gets two thousand dollars of seed capital. Uh, and some of the teams would take that money and they would go out and negotiate with a, uh, a coder. Uh, for example, one of the teams came up with a wireless app, so they went out and, um, and, uh, and found a coder uh, out in that big ecosystem around us, and, uh, and, and, and it was funny. They cut a really good deal you know, with the coder. Uh, he, he was going to develop their, their app, you know, kind of a minimum viable product app, kind of app, you know, for five hundred dollars. That's a good price. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, topic. Can you can you later? Can you just tell me who this coder is? Because I need some <laughs> new ones. And if he's only going to do it for five hundred bucks. Well, I knew the guy, and oh, okay. uh, you know, from all the meetups that I that I hang out in these days. And and I said, listen, you're you're going to get a call from um you know a student team. And I said, I just hope you give them a good deal. You know, <laughs> um. So you know, again. We have a lot of entrepreneurs who come into the classroom. That the first class is all about entrepreneurial mindset. You know, we have people. Even uh, Brian Scudamore, one eight hundred uh, got junk. He skypes into the class for us, yeah. and uh, and almost all of these successful entrepreneurs will tell the students, "Listen, you know, you have something. You have your idea, something you're really passionate about, but you may not have the skills." the other skills you need to bring this to the marketplace. So, you know, one of the first things they have to do is to assess what skills do we have and what skills do we need, and then try to go out and be creative in how to fill in those gaps with the skills that they need. Um, you know, some people will teach themselves to code, uh, but probably uh, you know, speed to market is an issue for you. You know, going out and finding a coder and getting the best deal you can is a good way to do it. Right. Um, I know that I did a Skype call with um, a class at the University of Michigan, and actually, David told me not to tell you the story, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Um, <laughs> and it was an entrepreneurial class, but specifically for apps. Right. And the teacher was a friend of mine that I had met throughout the app, my Apple consulting day job. 
and I ha- I was the first speaker for the class. And as everyone's listening knows, my thing is come up with an idea, go outsource a coder, and then sell your idea. And the class was about coming up with an idea, working on it, like learning how these were, it was a kind of an intro to programming slash entrepreneurial class. Right. So they were supposed to be learning how to program. But of course, I'm the first speaker. So now they're all like, why are we taking this class? <laughs> we could just go pay <laughs> someone else to do it for us. So, so kinda, you were undermining everything. I kind of undermined a little top. bit of the class. I apologize to them after, but like it was kind of just a very funny scenario nonetheless. Um, but yeah, the, the concept there is the same, which is, uh, you know, figure out what your skill set is and work with that and then fill in the blanks elsewhere. Yeah. And, and again, uh, that was reinforced over and over and over. And we would uh, put on workshops. Uh, for example, I had Mike Bigno. Um, he's, he's a terrific guy at uh, developing websites and is famous for it. You know, but he comes in and he puts on, you know, a 30-minute workshop on, you know, here's, here's you know, the 10 things you should be thinking about uh, on how to leverage, you know, a website to get to your customers. And, and But then he sits and works with every single team, um, you know, to, to hear what their business model is, to hear what they're trying to do. And then he'll just, you know, say, here's, you know, here's the three or four things that I think you must do with your website kind of thing. And so all of the students and all the teams are getting that kind of advice. And as part of that, he can say, okay, if you don't have that skill in your team, then, you know, here's, here's some areas. Here's some, for, for example, you would point them to some very low cost, uh, efficient ways, you? you know, to build websites, right. uh, you know, from the web. That's awesome. Um, I mean, it sounds like an amazing class. I wish... I wish I was able to take it back when I was in college. Maybe I would have yeah. started my companies a little earlier than when I did. Yeah, me as well, Justin. Um, so if you could give advice to any entrepreneur that's out there, whether they're a college student or someone older, what would be like the one key piece of advice you'd give out? Well, I see so many of, of these folks come up with great ideas, but you know they fail a couple of times. They can't quite get the right uh, formula for getting it validated in the marketplace. Uh, you know, something's not quite right about their idea, and I see them give up. Um, and um, and I think that's the thing is is figure out how to, uh, you know, how to stick with it. Um, and ultimately, you know, again, it might be a while. It might be frustrating. You might go through some harrowing experiences in terms of financials or whatnot. But if you really believe in your idea, and if and if the idea seems to have merit, you know, just continue to be persistent to find a way to, you know, to uh, crack the challenges. Wow, that's awesome, Dennis. Thanks so much for uh, for talking with me today. Justin, my pleasure. Where can people find you online if they want to email you and 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 talk about your class or anything like that? Well, uh, if they want to see our uh, our website, it's startup.montclair.edu. And if they want to email me, it's dennis2ends.bone at montclair.edu. Great. I'll, I'll have that up in the, uh, in the show notes. Dennis, thanks so much. Justin, thank you. All right. Take care. Well, great stuff from Dennis. I'm really excited for the, uh, for the, last, guy, the last class from MSU. And this coming year, it's going to be even a, probably a better program. So... Congratulations to Dennis and, and all the students over at MSU, especially the group that won. Um, Sport Your Soul is what they were called in case anybody wants to check them out. 
So I'll put all the notes. I'll put everything else in the show notes, and uh, you know, I'll try to do more regular episodes as best I can. You know, it's hard to find the right people that fit the Apple idea to be able to interview. So if you know anyone, send them my way. Otherwise, keep leaving me great comments in the uh, in iTunes and on my blog and the emails. I do appreciate all of them, and I do try to get back to everybody as quickly as I can. So thanks so much for that, and thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys soon. 